0: I'm Stephanie Lugo and this is the Market Authority Show. Hey, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate 9 to fiver er turned top producing realtor and coach. Along the way to growing a top 1% attraction based real estate business, I became obsessed with all things marketing, systems, scaling, and social but it wasn't always easy, and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how to make it happen. So I created the Market Authority Show to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from Timeless Principles and today's cutting-edge strategies. Here, we always keep it real and never shy away from the topics that you are dying to know more about but can never get a straight answer to. Clients, growth, family balance, failure, and how to navigate an ever-changing real estate industry are just a few of the topics that we're going to tackle together. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on and all are welcome here. So let's dive in. So if you are listening to this, I am currently out of office on vacation. (laughs) I'm sitting on the beach, hopefully, listening to the waves, feeling the sun on my face, seeing my toddler behaving himself next to me like a perfect little angel as I just enjoy a moment of chill. And so I'm sending you those vibes right now. We're actually getting ready to, at the time of this recording, head out for our first vacation in a year, which is almost embarrassing to admit, but it's true. And so today for the Market Authority show, I figured it would be really fun to change things up a little bit and share a little bit about my objection handling approaches. So what you're going to hear during this episode is a few clips from a recent objection handling workshop that we did in the Market Authority Academy. So if you listen to the episode a couple of weeks back where I really break down what is included in the Market Authority Academy and the process that we walk real estate agents through, that was actually only part of it. The other thing that we do is we give them access to coaching calls every week that are designed to help our real estate agents get through their challenges, go through real-world scenarios, and help focus on skills, right? And and a big part of that right now, as the market continues to shift, is making sure that we are anticipating challenges and objections from our clientele. So that was what we did a couple of weeks back in this objection-handling call that you're about to listen to. We actually do, on average, one objection-handling coaching call each month and this was in June, and it was so much fun, a lot of really good details here, and I figured it would be fun to share some of those clips with you here on the Market Authority Show. Now, during this call, you're going to hear a couple of different objections that we are going to run through together. So we're going to talk a little bit about number one, how to guide our purchasing clients through the challenge of heightened interest rates. We also talk about our second objection, which is how to walk our clients through uncertain times, right, regardless of whether your clients are buying or selling, they're hearing a lot of conflicting information online and they're trying to understand how to make a decision with so much uncertainty. And we wanna help get them to a place of action and not staying in fear. The third objection that we talk about is setting seller expectations as the market continues to shift. And even if you are not feeling a intense market shift in your area, believe me, it is coming. And so we are going to help prepare you on how to in turn prepare your sellers to change their expectations and basically listen to your guidance along the way so i hope that you enjoy this this show it's a little bit different and remember as you are hearing me speak about these topics this is kind of me in in my happy place I'm, i'm talking directly to the agents that i work with very intimately in the market authority academy so you're going to get a an intimate look on how i actually coach what my style sounds like and and it's going to sound very um like a very familiar tone that's because i'm speaking to people who i love and respect and appreciate so i also just want to acknowledge the agents in the market authority academy who are so giving with their time their their expertise and and always vulnerable in sharing their challenges and and giving themselves the opportunity to receive guidance in walking through those challenges. I am so lucky to be able to work with some of the most incredible agents in the country and beyond. And you guys just make my life so amazing by being able to wake up every day and loving who I work with. So I just want to acknowledge you all and thank you so much to those in the Market Authority Academy. All right, without further ado, let's get to it. We're going to be talking today about objection handling. We're going to talk about how we can prepare And then we're also going to just revisit my kind of framework for objection handling because we're not here for the hard sell. We're not here to manipulate people. We're not here to to, cheat people out of really good opportunities, right? But a lot of times when we are faced with objections, people are making emotional decisions that can actually turn out really poorly for them. And that's part of what we have to be able to discern between. We have to be able to discern between an objection that really makes sense for them. And we have to know how to honor and support them through that process. Or we have to understand whether or not they're making an objection out of fear or misinformation and be able to guide them onto a path that's going to better serve them. If you have the desire to be an authority, to be an agent for life, Obviously, we're not talking about steering. We're not talking about manipulating, but we are talking about educating and providing a lot of different options so that we can empower our clients. And that's what we're really discussing here. Now, a couple of things that I want you to know. um, So this is going to be the most critical time for you to be making a point to monitor your numbers daily, daily. So whoever you are getting your numbers from, you need to make it a point to get it daily. I get mine daily through the Cromford Report. So, if you're local to Maricopa County, um, I know very few of you on this call are, but if you are, that's what you need to be investing in. Otherwise, you can also get numbers from your local or state associations. And, you know, the National Association of Realtors has pretty good stats too. Um, Also, I would say look at news, um, the news and blog forums on Zillow and Realtor.com. These guys are data giants. They make it their business to gather market data. That's ultimately their entire point and reason for being. So for example, June 27th this week, pending home sales edge higher um, 0.7% in May. This was a great article to read. If you are reading this article, and I'm going to throw it in the chat, if you're reading articles like this and you're finding yourself really not understanding how these numbers are impacting like the story that's being shared. You need to make it your business to understand that inside and out. Not only understand and comprehend what's being shared here on the stat side, but you also have to be able to articulate it in layman's term to any buyer or seller who does literally not care at all about numbers unless it's hitting their bank account. Okay? <laughs> So, so that's just kind of a little, a little tidbit for you guys and where I'm getting numbers. I do see a couple of objections that I'm really excited about. So, okay, Karina, for sure. I see yours. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Abe, we are totally touching on the interest rates for sure. Affordability prices to drop. Okay. Caitlin, buyer's objection. We're just going to all join together and rent the same home together. Well, they can do that and buy the same home. Right. So let's talk about these. So research is going to help you find common objections so you can prepare. Now, there's going to be a mix of leading and lagging metrics that we're going to see as we're looking at numbers. And so, for example, pending home sales is really important because as that tends to change over time. This is actually a lagging measure. So ultimately pending home sales is showing what happened a couple of weeks ago when offers were being accepted. But I can tell you right now, and maybe some of you guys feel the same, what might've happened a couple of weeks ago is totally different from what's happening today, right? So we do want to understand those numbers and we want to be able to understand what leading metrics are going to create new objections for us down the line. This is going to be stuff like um, days to contract acceptance on average. This is going to be the total number of pending sales versus number of new listings coming onto the market. So how quickly are new listings coming on versus how quickly are they getting taken up by pendings? Those kinds of things are going to give you a much more direct pulse of what's happening today that we won't really be able to quantify until six weeks from now. Does that make sense? If you guys need me to go deeper, or go slower on this stuff, just just let me know. Love that, Christina. That's so awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So research tips and methods that we can talk. So number one, when we are researching, you have to be listening to your ideal clients. This is why I'm telling you now, like, think back, pay attention, see what hesitations, fears, and challenges are coming up, which can lead to an objection. You also want to see what people are saying on social. I'm seeing a lot of different weird stuff on TikTok specifically. And if you guys think your people aren't on TikTok, they might or probably be lying to you. <laughs> a lot of people are on TikTok and they're, they're consuming content there, but they're kind of like, you know, trying not to let other people know that. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening just online on social media, and you should be actively seeking that out to see what videos are going viral this week. You want to hear what your colleagues are saying as well. So if you're totally stuck, you should be going to your brokerage masterminds and classes and just trying to understand what agents in your area are experiencing. Because, you know, Abe and I are talking about what we're seeing. So, you know, everybody else just around the country are going to be seeing different things. It's easiest to get an understanding of what's actually happening by just hanging out in your brokerage and having those conversations with people who are doing business. And you also want to be ready to for the appointment, right? So whether you're going to a listing appointment, work with your title rep, pull a net sheet if you're able to, get as much information as you can to get an understanding of their situation. Same thing for buyers. Work with your lender partner to understand what creative financing solutions they are seeing. The one interesting, like sneaky benefit of all of this are that is that finances, refinances have basically stopped. So your lenders probably have a little extra time right now to support you. So that is a great time to be reaching out to them. Now, remember when we are overcoming the objection, cheers, guys, need to sit. We're going to start by affirming and acknowledging. So the first word out of your mouth when you hear an objection should not be no, (laughs) because the moment you respond with a negative you shut the door to any diplomatic resolution of what to them is a very real concern. Okay. So we have to be able to be upfront, acknowledge their concerns, affirm that they are scary, and then we can dig deeper. So what affirm and acknowledge might sound like for me is, man, I know these interest rates, they really snuck up out of nowhere. It kind of feels like you know, side note, I've been saying they're going up for a year, but that's beyond the, the, the scenario. Um, I understand that's really scary. And I understand that feels really frustrating because now there's a real cost associated with that. But let me understand what is really creating pause here. Are we feeling like we have no affordability here anymore? Or like, then we want to dig deeper. So we're always going to say, yeah, If I'm, if I'm in your shoes, I'd be feeling the exact same way. This is super frustrating. Let's dig a little bit deeper to see where the core problem is. And you can literally say that. Let's dig a little bit deeper. What is the real problem here? From there, then we can find the objection. So one of my favorite books is QBQ, the question behind the question. Um, And basically, it teaches how to ask more thoughtful questions. And never is this more important than when we're talking to people who are trying to make decisions on their highest, most important wealth building investment, right? And so really asking and asking questions, not just assuming we know what the problem is, or not just assuming that we're bothering them, really getting clear on what the hangup is, is going to help us better educate and give them a clear picture on what the core fundamental problem they can't get over is. Because a lot of times, oh, the interest rates rising, that is an objection, but that's probably not the thing holding them back. Oh, interest rates rising is making my monthly payments unsustainable. There's a lot of ways we can come over that, like overcome that. So then we can dig a little bit deeper. Oh, but if I'm, if I'm paying more towards a monthly payment, that means I can't afford to spend over list price to get the same house. Ding, ding, ding. We don't have to do that anymore. Right, there's a lot of different ways that we can kind of dig a little bit deeper to find exactly what we need to provide clarity. And then we can offer options and set expectations. Now, what we usually try to do is start here. And this is the wrong approach. Most agents go in trying to offer solutions that they've already decided they need to prescribe to their buyers and sellers. You're not having a dialogue at that point, and you're not building trust. And so that's also why at this point, I almost never use a listing presentation or have any kind of slides or materials prepared beyond like my buyer guide or my seller guide, because I can't really get a clear understanding of what the proper expectations and what options are going to be most appropriate for them until I can get through these first three steps. And that might be a good thing to think about. If you have had really bad experiences of converting clients lately, are you skipping here and why? Are you getting defensive as soon as you hear a negative or are you afraid to dig deeper because you don't want to quote unquote bother them? Are you not educating because as soon as you do dig deeper, you're afraid to help them overcome the objection, right? Just some things to think about. So the first one, I want to talk about these objections that I have prepared for you. And then let's let's work on some role-playing. And if anybody specifically has, Abe, you mentioned in the, in the chat that this is one that you were kind of feeling. So if you want, we can work on this together. But objection number one, everyone's talking about it. These interest rates have totally skewed what I can purchase. If you have been spending the last two years... With your main call to action saying, let's buy now, historically low interest rates. It's never been a better time to buy. Guess what? You now have no valid call to action because anything you're going to say is going to sound like you're lying because everyone is going to be thinking like, oh, well, if there's no longer historically low interest rates, I missed the boat. I missed my opportunity. It's not worth buying now. I'll just rent they're going to feel totally disenfranchised from the process. (laughs) And so that's why next week, we're going to be talking about how to correct that through our marketing. However, if you are getting this in like real situations, which I'm sure you guys are, I just got this yesterday or uh, Tuesday from a client who is looking to sell before they buy, but it's one of those beautiful situations where They don't have to make a move. They're comfortable where they're at, but they know they need more space, right? So they're just kind of waiting it out. They were a little bit more aggressive in their search, but they started hearing about these interest rates. Guys, two and a half percentage points since the beginning of the year, this has gone up. The average homeowner is seeing their monthly payments on the average priced home go up about $800 in some instances because of this. This is painful for people who are also experiencing record amounts of inflation. So this, while we can overcome this, you have to be very compassionate to this objection because this is real and it's costing real money to people. Right. And so there's a couple of ways that we can do this. We can cost average this out, right? Like dollar cost average. We can, we can average this out over time. And if we are outweighing long-term costs and investments, there's, there's a couple of things that we can do here. So for example, when I was speaking to that client who said, Hey, you know, we're kind of like taking our foot off the brakes. Um, we, we did get a better higher paying job this year, which was super cool. We thought that was going to help us. But now with these interest rates, we're really kind of reconsidering everything. And I said, totally, that makes a lot of sense. And I recognize that that's going to have to really, you know, cause you guys to crunch the numbers, which we should do. Um, the benefit that we're seeing with higher interest rates is we are seeing so much more inventory stay on the market because demand has slowed down. Now this means you were looking at homes before that was gonna require you to put down an extra 60K on top of any sales price just to get your offer accepted. We don't have to do that now. So there are ways that we can actually be buying down your interest rates, bring it back down to a more comfortable level And you're also not paying so much cash out of pocket. And the reason that's so important is this. Get with your lender, run a couple of different scenarios. Like literally take that exact same scenario and say, look, I know you were looking to buy around the 800 price point with, you know, whatever, with this interest rate, that super sucks that interest rates are now 2% higher for you. But let's actually work out what this is going to look like today without having to pay on top. And you can actually show where the cost benefit, like where that evens out over time with your payments. Okay. Abe, what are you seeing on your end? Because this is one that you mentioned in the chat was one that you have felt.
1: Yeah. I mean, no, it's kind of similar. I'm sorry. I kind of caught the tail end of that because I had a phone call, but um, I was actually going to put this in the chat. It's pretty interesting, like, I guess just on the creative side of like how to work some of these deals now because of more inventory and, and maybe things sitting on the market a little longer and price changes. Like one of our teammates was talking about this, where they had a buyer that went under contract. The house had been on the market for about two weeks and the agent, the selling agent told the, the our our team member that they were probably going to be looking at a price reduction. So what, what they wound up doing was, and, appraisal like the the comps worked out where it would appraise fine and everything they wound up basically just going in at asking price but asking for concessions instead of a price reduction and then using that money to help buy the rate down totally. so that they had less out of pocket
0: love that so these are stories that we can be sharing on and off social media, but also be presenting as like a real option for people at the close at, at the buyer table, right? What are we calling? Why am I struggling with this today? Over buyer consultations when you're having this discussion. Sorry. I love that. We've been able to do that for a couple of clients too. And I think that if you are speaking to your lender partner, Every week, like we are, we're speaking to our lender partner daily right now because we have so many clients who are going through these scenarios. You can run these and have them like so. So, for me, I'm never hearing like, oh man, but these interest rates, I'm never hearing that and going like, I know, well, let me know what you want to do. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going, listen, we need to get the lender involved. Let's talk some scenarios, let's crunch the numbers, let's see. This is why it's so great to have a lender partner so that you can then have. Two people educating the client who are both in their area of expertise, doing this properly and breaking that down. Because again, like try the this sucks, especially for people who have been wanting to buy for the last year and they had one idea of how this was going to go down. And now we have to reframe their expectations. But in the end, this is probably actually going to turn out to be much more a much more equitable outcome for them in the end. So for example, this scenario that I ran for, um, with my lender Jeff for a client, this was purchasing a $500,000 home at 4%, which it would have been for them um, in late March, but they were paying 50K out of pocket to get the deal done. You would not result in a break-even point for eight years because of the equity that you are losing out of from the growth in the market. You make your money on the purchase which is why when you're put like if you're not putting your in yourself in a position to where you have to sell you always are in a good place to buy. Right? As long as it makes sense and you can afford it, you want to buy sooner, sooner rather than later because at the end of the day this is going to be a long-term investment. 8 years is a long-term investment. Ish. I mean technically it's midterm investment for the scope of real estate, but the scenario that we're seeing today, you're purchasing the same home at 500k without bidding over, but you're at about 5 rate is going to result in a break even at four years or less, depending on if they're paying more towards a principal on top of that. Right. So like, this was one thing that got our clients, we actually just had their closing yesterday. This is one thing that had our clients get off of the sidelines after basically taking like a real, Hey guys, we're not into this. This is not happening anymore. We had a conversation, got them back out there. They found the perfect one and it was good to go. Vivian, my lender was mentioning that it's interesting how consumer interest rates are still higher than mortgage rates and some people don't bat an eye and those don't build wealth long-term like an RE. Okay, so can we, can we interweave this, right? Okay, so I, I understand that we've been planning on purchasing a home and we're feeling a little rocky with this decision. Can I ask you, Mr. Buyer, if you're not going to purchase a home now, what are we doing with that investment? Because you've been planning and saving for this. How else do we want to make sure your money is going to work for you? Do you have any plans for that? Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. I think I'm just going to keep on saving and just rent for another year. Okay, let's work out the numbers on what that does. You are not likely holding your savings in an interest-bearing account. If you do, it's not going to be impactful. And at the same time, you are going to probably be spending about $30,000 between now and next year on rent. So is that actually going to help offset the amount that you can save? Do you think that you can save more than 30K during that time just by renting? And is that actually going to make a difference? Like I'm seriously asking in that situation and I'm going to put it on them to answer me. Right. That's kind of how I would do that. I love that, Vivian. Thank you for adding that. So objection number two, there's too much uncertainty or I want to rush to market because of the uncertainty. Both are really bad. (laughs) Okay. So what happens when there's a lot of change, what happens when there's a lot of change is the natural instinct is to stop and wait. It's a freeze, right? So, so some, some people, you know, some people want to fight. Some people want to flight. Some people want to freeze when it's situations like this. Almost always it's freeze because they're not in danger right? So it is an oh, is a pretty normal reaction to have. But when you are overloaded with cortisol, when your brain is flooded with cortisol, and you're freaking out, that's the stress hormone. And you're trying to understand all this complex data and scary stuff that's happening. It's way easier to just sit, to sit back for a minute and decide that you don't need to make any decisions right now because things are too murky. What can happen is that like we saw during the beginning of the pandemic buyers lose out big. So I had a market update live video this week where I was sharing about the market and somebody who it was an Instagram lead who had been, who I've been talking to for literally like three years at this point, who was going to buy right in the beginning of the pandemic and then chose not to, because they wanted to wait for the prices to fall. She's, messaging me in the dms and saying hey so do you think that now with this shift we're going to see the prices fall to pre-pandemic levels no (laughs) no but she froze for so long trying to like figure out when to make her move so that's going to be one group of people who you're going to have like these people who are like see i knew it i knew the market was going to crash i'm going to wait another six months and you know what i mean and at the at the same time interest rates are going to go up another point And cost them so much on the same house. Or you're going to get the people who are rushing to market, rushing to list. It's like a stampede towards the exit door. And what happens when people do that? People get crushed. In this scenario, it will be the the list to sale price ratio that will be crushed. And it's going to take a little bit of time. But depending on how your markets react with that specifically... Ours is reacting very poorly right now. We have seen a 150% increase in new inventory in the last five weeks alone. And that is really significant because at the exact same time, we have seen an all-out buyer strike, right? So, like, demand has plummeted except for Open Door, who has amassed about 1,000 listings over the last couple of – or 1,000 new properties over the last couple of weeks, So here's what we want to be doing. We want to be first for our people who want to rush or make really scary, you know, scared decisions that are not going to be helpful for those who are actively listed. We have to be presenting weekly market updates. You have to be having conversations weekly with your sellers and you have to be giving them the numbers that are most relevant to their area and to what's happening today because again, the only thing they know to look for is closed listings, closed sales. But we know that that is only a reflection of what happened six weeks ago. Right? We all know that, right? And so we have to be explaining that. And, and again, it's, it's easy to kind of forget that when we're like in the moment, because the first thing that we look for is like, oh, well, it's probably a nicer house or it's probably a bigger house or, you know, whatever. But like, No. It was six weeks ago, which doesn't seem like that long, but that actually was a completely different market then. And so we have to be having these weekly updates. Number one, because we have to have the courage to face our sellers when things aren't going according to plan. If you thought a listing that you have is going to go fast and that was kind of like what you presented to the sellers, if you just ghost them, you're going to really lose trust quickly. And so you have to have the courage to be showing up every single week and giving them those updates. So that's one thing that we need to do. We also want to be prepping with price adjustments in mind. So before you even sign that listing agreement, you need to be talking about like, hey, when this happens, we're probably going to have to have a price adjustment at some point. Hopefully we don't. But here are some scenarios that could cause that question to come up. You have to be having these conversations. How do we feel about that stuff? We're all good.
2: I have a question. What's up? Okay. Sorry. There's no, music in the background. Um. So my question is, is... I have a listing coming up. She needs some work done on the house. So we're kind of waiting. The numbers I presented to her about three weeks ago, um, I told her, cause I already saw like what was happening. And I said, um, we're we're not seeing like the crazy offers and yada, yada, yada. So I plan to revisit with her obviously before we go live, but I'm, I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> Like
0: what to tell her. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, I'll tell you exactly what to tell her and change any of this if you want. But in my, if this was me, here's how I would be approaching that. So I would say, Hey, so now that it's closer to getting listed, we, I really want to discuss the strategy because what we are seeing are some very alarming shifts to the market. It doesn't mean we need to change our plans to list, But it does mean we have to be responsive enough to come up with a listing price strategy that is going to reflect what we're seeing there in the market. And here's what I have to share with you. Now, when we see a shift to the market, the first thing that we see is the level of inventory going up. When you and I spoke, there were 80 homes on the market. Today, there are 120, like, I don't know, whatever that might be. Okay. So that was the first indicator that the market was beginning to shift. And I actually noticed that a couple weeks ago. Now, the second big indicator that's going to happen is we're going to start seeing price reductions. When we spoke three weeks ago, those were not happening yet. Today, seven homes in your area within two square miles have reduced their, their list, have had price reductions in the last seven days. Okay. Now, the third thing that happens is listings start coming on at a lower price point. And then finally, the fourth thing, by the way, is listings close at a lower price point. So you can actually show her with data and you guys can decide together. Now, you might be in a part of town or in a neighborhood that just still has better high demands where you guys are kind of skating by and you don't have to change anything yet, but maybe you have to be prepared for a price reduction Or if that sounds awful to her, maybe she needs to be prepared to list more aggressively. And you can ask her. You can say, look, these are our two options. The market's starting to shift. We can either list aggressively, take advantage of being that hot new listing, but make sure that the price is super attractive. Or we can list a little bit more in line with where we were expecting to. But the plan is going to be, if we don't have offers in 14 days, we need to drop the price 3%, right? That's how I would do that. Does that make sense?
2: It makes perfect sense. The, the thing, she bought this house in 2020, so she hasn't been in it for very long. And so she's kind of like, I, she has a number that she feels like she absolutely has to get to be able to sell and so when that's what also 2020? makes this a little more tricky, I feel like. <clears throat> um, and she's not like selling to buy again. Like they're kind of done with wallow, <laughs> so they're leaving. Oh. And so, which is fine. I'm like, yeah. that's if it's Walla, it's not for you. Great. But, um, and so, so that's where I'm like, that number is going to be just a little bit more important to her so that they can, you know, pay me and pay their taxes and pay off the loan. Um, And so and and it may be that she just decides to wait and not go live, which would also be an option. Like the house is amazing, but it's in an up and coming neighborhood. It's not in one where everyone's like flocking to, um, to be in. And I, the data that you're sharing is very much like I've already seen. I have a buyer under contract right now. We already had all of her loan cost provisions covered. And then we had to have some repairs made and they dropped the price in addition to still covering her loan costs. So like those sellers are like, let's go. We want to just be done with this house. Yeah. But that's not the case for everybody.
0: So. So, I mean. When just curious now, when in 2020 did she buy? Um, she actually
2: bought in like February.
0: Okay. So. so she doesn't have capital gains to worry about. And I, I would be like pointing that out. Yeah, <laughs> I right. say, luckily you're, you're selling at actually what is the perfect time? Yeah. Because while I know you have your number in mind, we also have to be cognizant of the fact that that number might not mean anything depending on what we see with the market shifts. Right. I hope that's not the case, but, you know, Miss Seller, as, you know, as your friend and as somebody who does this for the last seven plus years, right. this would be my concern to waiting. And I would hate yeah. for you to cost yourself the amount, the, the same amount that you would actually just be gaining if you were to sell now.
2: Right. Well, and I think, too, um, I don't know. I had a thought, but now it's gone. But anyway, uh, that's okay. No, that's all super good and relevant information. So, yeah. Thanks, to you guys.
0: You're welcome. Oh, my gosh. I hope I see so many pictures from your European trip. <laughs> I want to see all of it.
3: <laughs> okay, cool. How are we feeling with this? Do we feel good enough to proceed? Okay. I think we're good. If I'm, if you're ever
0: trying to get my attention and I'm not hearing you, just unmute yourself and yell at me. Okay. Hey,
4: I have a quick question. Cool. Who, who am I talking to? This is Vivian. Oh, there you are. Hi. Hey there, just real quick. I think it was on a couple of calls ago or maybe longer. I don't recall. You had mentioned something about um, objections from sellers saying um, like, I want to hold out. I want to wait. And I think you said something along the lines of, honestly, this is like the perfect time because you're basically at the peak, just at the cost of a higher interest rate um, for the purchase. If you're buy like on a purchase side like if you're selling and buying right um but you have like less competition is that I think that was the wording along that line could you please repeat that because I think that was a really really great uh kind of response to that objection for sellers
0: who are going to be contingent on their purchase who are opting right now their instinct is to wait right because they don't want to sell just to stuff just to now have a higher cost to purchase correct i mean it's going to depend on what's more i know you're asking me just to, to to revisit exactly what i said at that time the the challenge here is we have to go back to anytime time we're talking about objection handling It's moving away from pain or moving towards pleasure. And so in that scenario specifically, that seller is either going to um, be looking to move away from the pain of losing their nets. So they're either going to care more about getting a profit on their home, or they're going to be super competitive and care a lot that now they have to pay more for the next home that they're looking at. And they're just going to be like, well, why am I going to sell just to get all these proceeds that have to get dumped into this more expensive, more expensive home purchase. Is that kind of what you're saying?
4: Yes. And I think, I think you had also mentioned something along the lines of like, honestly, like this is the moment you've been waiting for because you're almost, almost like at that peak, but now Mm -hmm. there's a little bit less competition because of the higher rates. So you're maybe Really having to pay so much over the list price compared to even a couple months ago.
0: So here's how I would frame that. And, and for sure. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this situation, I'm saying, look, guys, I get it. It's kind of funny because when we were talking a couple of months ago, your biggest fear was being homeless because you knew you were going to sell your home, but you didn't know where you were going to go. And that was really tripping you guys up. Today, from what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Seller, but it sounds like you know, we know that we're going to sell for a lot of money regardless. You you did an excellent job of timing your purchase on this home. So the proceeds aren't going to be an issue. But now we're trying to justify, and Vivian, go ahead and role play with me if if you want. Um, Now we're trying to justify purchasing with a higher interest rate and at what is still perceivably a higher sales price. Is that kind of what I'm hearing?
4: Yeah. I mean, I just don't necessarily want to make a bad purchase decision um, because now I'm purchasing at a higher interest rate. And I know you mentioned in our discussion that homes are also going to continue to increase in value. I just want to make sure that the timing of my sale and my purchase actually makes sense Mm -hmm. financially.
0: Yeah, I t- I totally see where you're coming from because if I'm putting myself in your shoes, Mr. Seller, I mean, you bought a couple of years ago when interest rates were super low, or you refinanced to super low interest rates, and you have so much equity because sales prices were so much lower, and now we're looking at a totally different scenario. So it's hard making that justification to make another purchase when the, the scenarios are so different. So I, I hear you. My my concern would be prices have peaked with the amount of inventory we are seeing coming into the market and how we are expecting yet another hike to interest rates this summer. It is going to be impossible for home values to continue rising, at least at the rate that they were, but maybe at all throughout, like by the time we get a little bit past the summer season. And so in a way, you're kind of getting what you wanted if we do proceed because you are going to capitalize on your investment with this sale and you are still going to be able to purchase at a time where it makes sense. When you purchase, when you go for your purchase, you're going to be in a scenario where no other buyer has been in for the last two years where you might be able to negotiate a sales price or get concessions or get a contention offer accepted on the home. And so, while it seems like we're just trading a great scenario for something that's going to put you a step back, you're actually in a way better position from a negotiating standpoint without losing too much leverage on your listing yet. But that will change if we wait even just another couple of months.
4: That's really honestly, I don't, I don't have an objection to that. Okay, because that just makes sense. Sign here.
3: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. I'm so thrilled we're talking about this because I've been getting the weirdest objections from my sellers. I say weird, they're just not consistent. Okay. Um, so one of them I delivered her pop by yesterday and now and we've been waiting for over a year for her divorce to be final. And now that's final, she's just waiting for a few more documents to be signed before we do anything. Well, now that we're finally there, um she's deciding that she wants to rent it out to someone go to vegas see if she can buy a home there and if she even wants to stay there before selling so that's a new one but she's going to miss her chance at the top of the market mm-hmm. i'm going to pause because i can tell you're thinking
0: that is a weird one What i actually had a client do that too by the way um I had that exact scenario happen. Um, only it was Denver, not Vegas. And I was like, can you just sell your, <laughs> just sell it, place? So in that instance, I literally waited like three weeks and then I reached out back again and I still haven't gotten them back, but they are going to, I still, like, I still feel confident that I'm going to get them there, but they're just in, the challenges is, is this is such a flux place in her life. She's so in flux right now. She's untethered for the first time in a really long time. She's trying to establish her new identity. She's trying to like get to know herself again. And she's looking to move across the country. And so what was your first instinct?
3: Um, well, I have this like unsettling feeling in my stomach because the lack of loyalty I'm seeing just from, we'll call it desperation from other agents, vendors, clients, of stories I hear. So that's kind of got me a little paranoid because I know she gets calls every single week asking to buy her house from strangers. And we had a listing agreement signed last year. Um, make a long story short, I've invited her to now re-sign as, with her now ex-husband's name off of it and she hasn't signed it yet. And so that makes me a little uneasy because I'm all for if you want to go see if you can find a place out west sure i understand that like security because the chances of her being able to find anything similar because she only owes like a quarter of what it would sell for on it and so i empathize with her but um i feel like i went too sidebar classic i just Oh, I don't want someone to come in and upsell her on the ease. I'm confident enough in our relationship, but there's still just that when people get desperate or scared, that just knee jerk to do whatever's in front of them. And I don't want to risk that happening.
0: When you sent her or invited her to re-sign the agreement, how did that go? Was it over text or did you like set a meeting with her? It was over the phone. So I think that's a good time to set a homeowner consultation. So you need to be prepared with a rent scenario and a sales scenario and offer to help her with either. Okay. Your listing agreements probably allows you to do either in the same document, right? Yes. Okay. So I would have that with you. And I would say, look, with everything going on, the most important thing for me in terms of serving you is helping you come up with a plan that is going to honor where you're at in life without losing out on what could be a really cool opportunity. Right. And the really cool opportunity that I'm seeing right now Ms. seller is you have the ability to sell this home with so much
3: ease. We could maybe even still get you a lease back. Like do you think you could a lease back? Yeah. It's we're still seeing it in our market. So totally. So maybe just tell her those scenarios. But if she's
0: like going out, is she going to go out and rent in Vegas?
3: She wants to purchase her kids are out there, her adult children. So but, that's but when is she going
0: to decide whether or not she wants to do it and rent short term? Or what is that going to look like?
3: Um, my understanding is she's going to stay with her kids while she's looking out there. So Ms. Seller, you have a really cool
0: opportunity here. Like, I think that you should go and explore Vegas. Like It sounds like you're just exploring this transition. And if that seems like something that you're into, awesome. It is going to be really challenging for you to handle this property here while we're still in a pretty like crazy market where mm-hmm. there's a lot of riffraff going around trying to take advantage of the shift that's coming up. And so we can do a rental situation. And this is what that would look like. But before I get into that, I want to share what selling might look like for you now. When we spoke a year ago, it was a little bit different. And so that's why during this consultation, like you're gonna share what has changed, how her value has increased, what you're expecting to see in the next half of the year. And again, this is not necessarily just to get the listing agreement signed. Like you're not there just to like try to get the listing. You are you're trying to save like maintain commitment, basically. But through the means of educating her with clear eyes and giving her a couple of options. This is why I love the homeowner consultation. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: It's like a soft opening to get to the table and have an actual conversation.
3: Yeah. Does that seem like something you could try? Absolutely. And I just did my first um my first official homeowner consultation yesterday. Oh my gosh, how did it go? That's amazing. It was so easy. I had been putting it on the back burner because I was overanalyzing what it needed to look like.
0: hmm.
3: And finally, I was just like, I'm just going to print off the data list sheet of everything active, under contract, canceled, closed for depending on how many homes in the last three to six months, depending on how many I can find. My goal is like 10 or less
0: mm-hmm.
3: print that list. And then I'll even go through because I'm a color code nut. And so active has its own color and I'll print out the MLS sheet for each of those. Uh And then I'll mark it up with like how many days on market. It was a little arrow, if it sold over asking price or under. And so I'll tell them, Hey, it takes 10 minutes or less, unless you just get really excited about asking me questions, then we can stretch it. And, um, but anyway, it went great. And she was super, um, she was super invested in. she was like that house. And she was just getting so invested. And she said, man, she said, I, I need to update my siding on my house. She just started. So today I sent her a contractor cause now she wants to build a deck in her backyard. Oh my gosh, She's not looking to sell, but it opened a door for me to provide value for her. Yeah. And uh, now it gave me something else to follow up on next time we talk, Hey, did you call Jesse my debt guy? And, yeah. So it went very well. So I'm, my goal is to scale it to two a week. Perfect. It's 10 minutes.
0: Oh, and it's so, and it's so genuinely enjoyable. <laughs> like you, you're really not there for any agenda other than to pour into them. So I, I hope you asked for a referral or like you brought it up or maybe next time what you can do is write a handwritten card. Hey, really had a great time chatting. Um, I hope you love the tips that I have. I can't wait to see this deck. It's going to be so cool. Keep me in mind for anyone else um, who who might need a little bit of help or just to pick my brain about the market.
3: Yeah, I need to
0: do that. I love that.
3: So, yeah.
0: Cool. I would that's that's the route I would go with this one for sure. Feels good. Let me know how it goes. Yeah, we'll do. (laughs) Okay, cool. So the last one that I had was but the home across the street. So this kind of, I think we already kind of touched on this a little bit as we wrap up. Remember, and I've said this so many times, but remember that the people that we're working, that we're working with are looking at closed listings and a lot of times just sold or just listed listings, but they're looking at the, at the closed listings and they're saying they closed for what? Like that is going to be their initial reactions, but just reminding them, look, in any market. Six months ago was six months ago. Three months ago was three months ago, especially in a cyclical, seasonally impacted market, right? Industry. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to themarketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.